This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. The last time we won at Deepdale was on this day in 2011. Two goals from Clarkson, one from Keogh and one from Pittman. David James was in goal. The last time we did the double over Preston was 1996, 27 years ago. Only three of the starting lineup from yesterday were actually born. There were a lot of nail biters, a lot of squeaky bums, but we dug deep and ground out an important win. So we're still unbeaten this year. Later in this episode, we'll discuss three signings in a podcast, but first it's three Three peeps. Matt, you were at Deepdale, and how deep was your love for the boys in grey and orange yesterday? Yeah, morning, Patch. Um, honestly, for me, that was the best result of the season, the best performance of the season, because of how we had to grind that out. Um, Preston, I know their home record hasn't been great this season, but they will beat a lot of teams at Deepdale in the remainder of the season, playing like they do. They're very physical, a lot of the dark arts. Um, and so for our, our young lads to stand up like they did, yes, we had to rely on Max O'Leary and some, some top defending. Um, but I thought it was brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. So I said that it's, um, you know, to the day in 2011 when we actually won at Deepdale last. Yeah. But it's also three years to the day since the first ever bonus show, Matt. Would you believe it? Is it really three years, is it? Yeah, it was... Uh, On the back of that Huddersfield defeat. Well, I thought it was Huddersfield, but I went, scrolled back through the archives, and it was actually a Birmingham home match. So... Uh, well, I I think we probably didn't necessarily then tag the first one as um, yeah, maybe. the podcast, because definitely was live, that was the first it? one. Yeah, it was live, yeah. yeah. yeah if I remember, but, we had uh, Tony Wilkins on there, and uh, it might have been Rob as well. I think, I think it was Rob back. Skeets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think it was yeah but three years um three years since that i'm almost up to our eight-year anniversary on the three poops in a podcast but uh yesterday the three words from lee were points professionally procured um so yeah. thank you to lee for putting in a bit more effort this week back on form yeah back on form big z fair play <laughs> absolutely um we'll bring in our guest and it's um matt it's actually a um a national radio star that we've got on uh, the very podcast. very lucky patch i yeah, know yeah, i know I what sort of terms you've had to agree to it but yeah uh, i'm very uh money very lucky. money has changed hands for the first time in three peeps history and it's yeah. uh nige whittle nige from radio five live how are you sir <laughs> morning <laughs> chaps yeah thanks for the for the build-up i'm not sure i think you've overdone it a little bit patch but uh you've, i'll take it but um yeah for my uh for my uh 30 seconds appearance on a weekly basis right now but no no morning and uh nice to speak to you guys looking forward yeah. to the next hour thank you for coming on nige and yeah it's been, it was it's been uh really amusing it's particularly the last session um on friday with you just saying no and i think uh it'll go on and on and on until bristol city do get a penalty yeah, I think that's the plan, Patch. Uh, I think it's a straightforward no until the point when we do actually manage to get one. And then hopefully we can celebrate uh, not only a penalty, but of course us uh, hitting the back of the net. So Absolutely. long awaited and hopefully it's not too uh, too much longer. We have to wait for one. Well, no, exactly. But who needs a penalty when uh, we're playing free-flowing football like we are at the moment? Um, we'll do our check-in and Nigel, I'll let you go first. Obviously, it's uh, How Are You Out of 10 from Talk Club, episode 177, if you want to find out more about that. But how are you out of 10, Nigel? 
Um, I would say I'm probably an eight at the moment, Patch. Um, probably would have been a seven at before yesterday's performance. But as we always say, a good, solid performance from the team that we follow always uh, makes the weekend a little bit nicer, doesn't it? So uh, I'm going to say an eight for me. Perfect. And Matt, you're still up north, uh, but you've had a good weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good nine, um, pushing the magical, to be fair. But yeah, I've just... Um, Andy, Rachel's husband's just cooked me a breakfast before I left. So that was all very nice. And yeah, they're, they're great friends, great company. And on the back of that victory yesterday, where I got to see um, Northern Tom and Adam Gould as well. I had a little chat with those boys. So it was brilliant. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm a good solid nine mate driving back. Yeah, I'll join you on a nine as well, I think. Um, it's uh, It was certainly great to see the performance yesterday. And it's been a, it's been a good weekend thus far with the, a Sunday roast on the horizon. So uh, things are looking good here. Um, let's go through the starting lineup then. It was one change with Jada Silva coming back. Uh, sorry, Jada Silva coming out for Cam Pring. Um, on the bench, though, uh, that was the talking point, really, was it's such a strong bench with Haken. Uh, we had De Silva, Callas, Williams, Cornick, Mehmeti, and Vyman. And Matt, we we haven't seen a, a, a strong a stronger bench in, uh, as that for quite some time in my memory. No, no. I mean, we we've talked about this season how often we've looked at the bench, and there's been a, a lot of youngsters on there um, making sort of you know debuts and uh, being pulled onto the bench. But yeah, that was incredible yesterday. And when you you consider the likes of Really, what our first teamers in in De Silva, Williams, Callas, obviously Cornick's new, um, Mametti as well. It, it was really, really strong, um, and it, it gives you an air of confidence, but also must make the players that are on the pitch realise they've got to perform because there are players that can come on in and change games for us. So, yeah, it was um, it was good to see. Yeah, Nigel, it does breed breed a performance when you know you've got someone sat on the bench waiting to come on and prove their point. It does. And I think that's, to be fair, we've seen that with, with Nigel Pearson. It's one of the things that is sort of, I guess, one of his foundations, isn't it, is that he actually makes it difficult um, for players that aren't performing in a way that you actually have to keep your shirt. So, you know, he, he, he sort of he doesn't make too many changes unless he has to. We've seen that. So actually, if you're in the team and we've seen it with JDS before, we've seen it with, with Pring, that once you actually come in, if you actually perform to the standard that he expects, you do actually stay in and, and you're right. I mean, one of the things I've said before is you want you want a squad that actually has two positions or two players for every position. You look at that bench yesterday, you've got a goalkeeper that can come on, you've got a, got a defender in Callas, a midfielder in Williams and an attacker in Cornick. So yeah, it was a strong bench. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Right, let's get into the minutes then. So third minute, a great ball from Naismith, set Sykes away down the right-hand side. His cross asks questions, but no one capitalises. So into the game quite quickly, but yeah, no one on the end of that one. Fifth minute, Preston ball in, and Max makes a good save, good block by spreading his body well. This was um, a really important moment, Nigel, in the fifth minute. It was a, a, a ball over the top, and uh, the 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 Preston lad at the back post gets it on target, and Max spreads his body well. He did, and, and to be fair, I, you know we we had a really good start. I thought the first sort of five minutes, um, we looked as if we were on the front foot. We were trying to get forward, and then, as you said, they had that opportunity just before we scored, where Max has made himself big. Uh, and I, well, I'm sure we're going to come on and talk about Max as we go through the session. But for me, uh, Max had a, a fantastic game, and as you said, he made himself big, and he basically. Um, we saw what happened sort of a minute later. So that's it. It was very important. 
Yeah, Matt, that was um, a, a typical sliding doors moment. And Max is really growing into his game. Um, and that was was not quite Peter Schmeichel, but he must have modelled himself on some of the great keepers over the years. Yeah, it was that starfish sort of shape, wasn't it? And I think it was um, was Tommy Cannon, not the Bobby Bulls partner, yeah. but um, <laughs> the striker that... that he, on he's loan got from Everton, score. isn't he? Yeah, he's got to score there, and he, you know, Max Max shouldn't be able to make that save, but he does make himself big, and and like you say, sliding doors moment um, because of what happens next. Yeah. Okay. Into the Do you six, know that technique? It? Just just in case, well, lads, that that technique goalkeeping oh. when they that's the Smichael, as you said, it's actually that was brought into the game in a futsal uh, scenario. So futsal yeah. goalkeepers actually brought that in, and De Gea, for instance, if you watch him, he's probably the master at it, and he will tell yeah. you that he uh, he learned that 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 particular tr- uh, technique it's- from from futsal. It's that kind of handball goalkeeping style as well, isn't it? It's a real, yeah. yeah it's, um, I mean, it was, it was a quality save. Yeah, quality save. Okay, into the six minutes, a ball forward from Naismith, uh, and Sykes capitalizes on a very soft back pass from Brady. And Sykes is calm enough, Nigel, to uh, just knock it to one side and and slot it into an empty net. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's playing with, with full of confidence, isn't he? And we're, we're, we're hopefully seeing what 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 he's all about over the last couple of games. Um, I mean, it was a howler. Let's 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 you know, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. It was a defensive howler, but you have to be in those positions and you have to be pressing to be able to pick it up and then take full advantage, which he did. I thought his little smart in in t- touch inside was great and a, and yeah. a very cool finish. So fantastic start. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great anticipation, Matt, from Sykes. And also, Naismith, he had an opportunity to give the ball back to Alex Scott, who was asking for it because he he sort of started the move. And and Naismith's vision always uh, is always something that we're, we're going to rely on more and more. Yeah, I mean, from our end, we, we couldn't see just how much of a Hyler Brady sort of made. We thought it was obviously a really good ball from Naismith, which it was, but it should have been dealt with. But like Nice said, Sykes doesn't break stride at all. He he's almost expecting Brady to play that under hit back pass, and then to be able to have the presence of mind to bring it inside, um, pass Woodman, and then kind of walk it into the net. Really, mm. was was a, a really good piece of skill from Sykes, who is a player that is starting to find his form now, and is obviously what's that four in five something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, he's he's finding the back of the net now. Um. And it's confidence with him. You can see visibly that he's a, he's a different player. So, um, yeah, good good to see. But, you know, Nate, Nate Smith, the game patch, playing in that role, his first thought is forward. You yeah. know, he, he's got a positive mindset. And because of that, Brady was a bit too casual and got caught. Mm. I think That's when like... you watch it back as well, actually, uh, it was a fantastic pass from Naismith. It yeah. was brilliant vision. Uh, it was it really, it really stuck out for me on the replay. The when curve you, on when it, nice, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah. It, it was a really, yeah. really nice pass into the into that channel. Yeah, yeah. We're well, going yeah. back to what we said at the very start. Sykes has now got Vyman breathing down his neck. Mametti, you know, a number yeah. of players that can that can fill into that slot. So, yeah, he needs to keep keep it going. Right, twenty first yeah. minute. Scott carries the ball, almost glides across the pitch, passes to Sykes, who's heavy touch. Just sees the ball go loose, and he's dispossessed. But Nigel, we've uh, we've spoken about Alex Scott. We've run out of words to talk about how how he performs on the pitch but the way he sort of picks the ball up and and effort effortlessly crosses the pitch and and gains yards is is fantastic to watch the best players make it look simple patch don't they and and the reality is excuse me what we're seeing now is a is a young lad that is 
developing into something quite special. Um, we've talked about it for the last 12 months, and, and you have to say that finally, with, with the formation change, he's now playing in the position that we've all been craving for him to play into that sort of 10 spot. Um, and we're now seeing the fruits of that, really. I, yeah, as you said, it, it's effortless. His first touch is, is fantastic. And he sees things that other players don't see. Um, mm. So for me, it's just the start of, I think, what we're going to be witnessing over many years to come. Yeah, Probably absolutely. not in a red shirt, or at least a Bristol City shirt, but I think we'll all <laughs> sit back and, and enjoy him for the next couple of years, for sure. Yeah. Uh, 22nd minute, 22nd minute, Matt, it was a chance for Naki Wells. Not quite sure how it came about because, um, yeah, I didn't sort of see where it came from, but he was on the edge of the box and a left-footed curler when the keeper was well-placed to save. Yeah, I think it, it just the sort of the way the play developed, but, but Naki... Um, Got his shot away, and and again, Naki Wells yesterday. He he covered every blade of grass. Um, he's such a professional in that side, and the way that he is helping develop. We've seen it with Tommy Conway, but now with Sam Bell as well. Um, yeah, he's quality. Um, and just going back to that that point on Alex Scott, I saw a tweet this morning from I think it was from Paul Binning. Um, the exiled Robin, but just saying, you know, you, you've got three months to get to Ashton Gate to watch a player the like of which we've not seen in sort of forty plus years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I want, I'm not saying that's over the top because I don't think it is. But a lot of people might think that. But as Nigel said, the last two games he's dominated it, and I saw Preston fans last year with the Hannah Masengo performance saying like best player on the pitch. Yesterday, I saw another couple of tweets where they were saying, what is it with these Bristol City prodigies <laughs> that just dominate the games? Um, but yeah, for me, yesterday, Scott was just top, top drawing. And sadly, I think we will probably see him go on to much bigger and better things in the summer, which is great for him. Um, but it would be lovely to watch him playing for us for another couple of seasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and put that thought out of our mind for the next three months. And yeah, just, yeah. Just, 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 in, just enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. Yeah, you have. You've got to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, 29th minute. It's a, a strong right-hand save from Max O'Leary from a Ched Evans header, uh, followed by some great defending. Max even had the presence of mind there, Nigel, to push that one out of the danger area and, and into um, into a defender's pass. That, that that was a top draw save. Mm. Um, I made a note of that myself. I thought at a time as well when actually Preston were um, starting to get on top, um, they were dominating possession at that point without really creating too much, and we were just sort of playing off scraps and playing on the counter, which is absolutely fine for an away an away game. Um, but that that save, as you said, not just the reactionary element of it. But to push it out of danger, I thought that was top, top draw save. Yeah, and a strong hand as well. It's great. It's always great to see when uh, they not only make a good save, but when it's something that, you know, is so reactionary and has got a really strong hand, it's um, it fills you with a lot of confidence. Um, then there was a moment, Matt, on the 30th minute that confused everybody, really, mm. because Naismith went straight off and Williams came on but didn't go down didn't have any treatment uh we later found out from from the post-match interview that it was a tight calf but uh but yeah a little bit of an odd one to to not go down and at least have a, a consultation if you like yeah I mean we we could see Joe Williams stripped and coming on and and um Tom was sat next to me and I said to Tom I think Matty James is struggling he looks a little bit labored sorry Matty <laughs> but that's what I said um, and thought it was James that was coming off. So we were all surprised when it was Naismith. But clearly, um, I don't, 
his, his last injury was that a calf as well that he was out with? No, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was calf or groin, but hopefully he's kind of spotted it early, and mm. you know we'll we'll be able to get treatment in back next week. But it was a shame because he's he's so pivotal in the way that we we sort of set our play up um, and start off with. But in fairness, Joe Williams. You know, Nigel referenced it. You've got two players for that position, and, and Joe comes on and, and has a really solid game. Yeah. What that tells me, Nige. though, the way that played out, Patch, was that was that they probably knew that before the game. That that's the okay. scenario yeah. I think. The fact that he yeah. didn't go down and receive treatment that tells me that he's been told go out and see how it plays out. If you can get through it, great. If not, give us a shout. That was almost a premeditated idea to say, give it thirty minutes, see how you're feeling. That that's that that's how I read it. Really. Yeah, that might explain the 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 no treatment. It was more of a right. Yeah. As soon as you feel it, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah make yeah. a point. Um. Yeah. Thirty second minute, Nigel. It was Sykes into Scott. He draws the free kick as he does, and he takes the free kick. And it was a really really good free kick. It just hits the wall and sort of flicks out from for a corner. But when you saw it from from uh you know a decent angle. It, it looked like it was going to test the keeper and we've been moaned free kick taken for, for some time on the podcast. And we've said we want to see Alex Scott taking a few more. Mm. So uh, the fact Naismith wasn't on the pitch gave him an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're right to call it out previously. You know, our set plays have not been the best this season and probably for a while. Um, we've got players that I think have the technique Alex Scott, though, I've said before, his set plays, when you look at corners and things, they've not been the strongest. So I think that's an area of his game that he clearly needs to work on. And it's interesting that when we get corners, we do take this short routine quite a lot. Scott mm. will come across and take it away from James or from Naismith. So it's definitely an area that we need to work on. Um, I probably wasn't overconfident that we were going to score, given our track record. But um, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 40th minute, it's a ball up the line to Bell. He is running at top speed, cuts inside and falls, but gets a gets a knee to the head in the process. And Matt, I saw a tweet last night that made me laugh, and it, it was it was actually something that Muhammad Ali coined, but it was Sam Bell is so quick, he turns the light off in his bedroom and gets back into bed before the light goes off. Um, so his speed is causing problems, and we we're all concerned and um, a little bit uh, upset, but it was inevitable when Antoine Semenyo left. And that's the sort of thing that we, we saw from Antoine causing those problems down the left, pushing the ball speed and power. And, uh, and it's coming into Sam Bell's game as well now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're obviously different players. I think, I think Antoine is, is a much more physical presence and has the bulk for it. Whereas Sam is, is really sheer speed. Um, I just love Sam Bell's enthusiasm. He, he just loves playing the game. And now he's playing in a position that he's suited to play in and has played all his, his, you know, growing up playing. You're seeing the fruits of it. Um, and yeah, he, he, he was causing them problems. Coming in like he does from the left, he was causing them problems. Yeah, that no, was good to see. 45th minute plus two minutes injury time. Uh, it's Scott inside his own half. Uh, engineers an opportunity to pass the ball up the line and great engineering and a great pass as well. Uh, two Naki Wells. He takes one touch. Then it's the ball across the face to find Sam Bell, who slots it home for 2-0. And Nigel, a first league goal for Sam Bell. But... Obviously, Alex Scott is, is going to take a lot of the plaudits for the way that he engineered that pass. Yeah, it was great. It was a great goal, wasn't it? And as you said, I mean, watched it back again, and and Alex Scott is in a in a 
in a pretty tight spot there. He's got two Preston players really close. There's another one just on his on his shoulder. Um, and he's taken two or three quick touches. He's dragged it back. He's found himself half a yard. And then he's played, you know, a really smart ball as well. Completely perfect dead weight just for Naki to run onto. And he's taken a, a really good touch as well. Looked up. What's interesting is after Naki takes that first touch, you know, he's looking up and he's scanning. Mm. You can see he's got that big vision across. He's, you know, he's exactly where Sam Bell's going to go because he would make the same run himself. Um, and then he's found an inch perfect pass and, and Sam's Sam's got him behind him. I thought that the defender possibly could have done more, actually. He made no attempt to, to try and defend it. And arguably, he knows if he slides into that, it's an own goal. So he saved face a little bit and let Sam yeah. have it, I think. Matt, three things there. Alex Scott, the vision of Naki Wells and the positioning of Sam Bell. The ball from Alex Scott, like Mike said, um, and, and the, I know why you're saying Patchy sort of played it out the line. It was so much more than that when you look at it. You know, it was the the weight of the pass, the curve of the ball. It Naki don't have to break stride, but it's a ball that takes the defender out of it for Naki to run onto. And then what Sam Bell does does really, really well um, is he goes to go near post and then comes back and goes far post. So yeah. he does fox the defender a little bit. Yeah. Um, the defender should should do better. There's no two ways about it. And the keeper is kind of all at sea. But the ball from Naki Wells. I mean, Sam Bell just has to get a touch on it, doesn't he, to score? Um, because it's all about that ball. But what a counter-attack. It was just absolutely brilliant. And at a time where you did kind of think Preston were were exerting pressure, as I said, they were physically stronger than us. They got a lot of experienced players there. Um, and you kind of felt that scoring that late, would that then kill the game a little bit? Because it 2-0 with the kind of counter-attack goal that we did, it must have taken the, the wind out of their cells going into halftime. Yeah, it was a fabulous goal. Yeah, always a good time to score, as we know. I, I saved your comments, Nige, actually, because I wasn't sure about the halftime summary, but you said, brilliant half, great shape, great formation, 4-2-3-1, great press from the front two, holding midfielders, chugging balance and freedom yeah. for Alex Scott to play. <laughs> um, back four, solid. Be chugging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back four solid as is Max in goal this is a message from the Bristol City former players association throughout last season we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate we were pivotal in delivering celebratory events including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch this season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. But the halftime summary from Rob, a half that has ebbed and flowed with contrasting styles from teams on show. Preston have gone for a more physical approach, which in the main we may have stood up to, but at the same time been reliant on Mac to pull off a couple of vital reflex saves. 
Going forward, we offer a different threat looking much more dynamic and incisive, with uh, which has been rewarded with two tidy finishes from close quarters, albeit their defender made a dreadful mistake for our first. Nonetheless, a really refreshing turnaround in our form from last year. Naismith going off injured after just half an hour as a concern, acknowledging that we are already light on the ground in terms of central cover in midfield and defence. Fingers crossed it's not too serious. Need to stay switched on in the second half and with any luck we can pick them off again. Would like to see us freshening things up with new boys coming on for the last 15-20 minutes. And then the stats, Matt, for halftime. 59 possession to Preston. Uh, seven shots to five to Preston. Three shots on target each. Three corners. Five fouls to Preston. Six to City. So <laughs> all to play for really, but City scoring the two goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd expect Preston to have have more possession at home. Um, and as I said, I mean, I, I was I was impressed in some ways with Ched Evans yesterday because of his physicality, but then also disappointed with some of his antics later on. But you know, Brady for them, um, despite his mistake, but from a dead ball, some of his corners were were causing real problems. So we we really had to defend manfully, um, and we did that. And you know, Max makes the saves. We scored a two goals, so we're, we're deservedly 2-0 in the lead. Yeah. 48th minutes, another save from Max O'Leary down to his left from a cannon from cannon, I wrote here. Um, and yeah, it was another save, Nige, which you, you expect, but it's, it always looks good on the eye. I, I, I made a note of that one as well, because again, for me, that was another really, really top draw save. I mean, you say we expect, I suppose you do, but I actually thought it was an outstanding save again, because actually as a striker, I would have expected the, the cannon to have scored that. So the fact that um, he hasn't, I think for me, it is position again, Max's positioning was excellent. At that point, you know, you're thinking, well, Max could be man of the match here. Unfortunately, we'll come on yeah. to what happens later. But it, <laughs> for me, I, he was playing so well. He, you know, you look at two goals, but there are two goals that Preston could have scored. It could be 2-2 at this point. So, yeah, yeah fantastic save. Then there's a booking for Matty James just after that when the ball was literally kicked at him from close quarters. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure, Matt, yeah, he that, moved, that, he, that he could no, have got he out of the way. No, he moved. He moved he to the move. ball. Yeah. He moved to the yeah. ball. Yeah. He, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, mind you... It's very, very rare for me to say it about ex-City players, but Greg Cunningham's a little shit. Um, he deliberately <laughs> knew, Matty, knew Matty James was going to do that um, and then deliberately kicked it straight at him. He wasn't looking for a ball that James cut out. Um, and then we'll go on to what Greg Cunningham did. But mm. yeah, I, I, for for an ex-player, Greg Cunningham shown his colours a couple of times when he's he's playing yeah. against us. And yeah, I was he did really in the last disapp- game, Matt. He did something yeah. in the last uh, game, Ashton and you'll know more. But yeah, he did yeah. do something because I remember at the time yeah. thinking I was surprised because I've got a picture of Greg when we were down. Uh, me and my wife had a night out in town once, and we bumped into Greg, and he was a really top bloke. And uh, yeah. you know, I had a picture with him. But I have to say, yeah, he went down in my estimation in the last game. Yeah, so I, to do it again yesterday, I reckon he's carrying some kind of uh, grudge against us. If I'm honest it, with you, I don't it, think he it, likes us. Seems to be, and and then we'll talk about the Naki Wells incident. But yeah, I was I was just disappointed in it, and um, but it was a book in because Matty James does move across to to yeah. block the sort of ball. But yeah, Matt, fifty first minute, good shot from distance from Joe Williams, right footed, good pace, good power, just off target. I'd love to see a Joe Williams score a goal like that because he's had quite a few over the time, hasn't he? Um, but he was. He was in the game, Joe Williams. His presence was in there. 
um, the, the compliment you'd pay is we didn't miss Naismith because of the way that he was playing different. Mm. Naismith is more cultured in the sort of balls he plays, but Joe Williams gave us that energy. And yeah, I would have loved to have seen that gone in. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen quite a few in the highlight reels from Wigan and uh, yeah. yeah, it can't, can't be far off now. Uh, 60th minute, a shot from distance, and Chad Evans taps home after a, after a Max spill. And Nigel, you've alluded to this already. I felt gutted for Max O'Leary that that spilled out and then obviously was was quite easily tapped home because, as you say, he was on a easily 9 out of 10 performance at that moment. Yeah, it's a real shame, wasn't it? I, I you know, I, I saw some comments afterwards on various feeds here and there, and which talking about, oh, Max has got one of those in him, and he's got a record in him. And do, do you know what? He's he's a goalkeeper, and he's a human being. And it, I think this phrase, you know, he's got it in him. It doesn't work for me because at the end of the day, it's a bit like well, Naismith's got Naismith's got a, a a wayward pass in him. You know, exactly. It's, it's you comparable. Know, it, when is a player going to go onto a football pitch and get through 90 minutes without probably making a mistake or doing something? The problem is for a goalkeeper is you only make one mistake and everybody and sees it. And it's a bit like a referee, you know, we cannot expect referees to get through the whole game without making a mistake, but we jump on those one or two mistakes that they make. I'm not defending referees. I think I am actually, but the reality, but the reality is, is that it's just, it's so visual, isn't it? When a goalkeeper makes a mistake, but these things happen. Move we on. will forgive him. Matt, your thoughts on that uh, that goal? Uh, yeah, completely agree with Nige. Um, for anyone to say Max has got a rick in him is r- absolute rubbish this season. Um, yes, he he should have saved it. Um, and when you look at the footage from behind the goal, it, it moves. It's a well-struck shot, but he gets his chest on it, doesn't he? And it sort of bounces away. The only thing I would say is the Preston strikers, and it wasn't just Evans, they were on the move expecting it a bit like we talked about the Sykes goal whereas our defenders weren't um that was so Max's he, he, point he, I think wasn't it yeah he can be a little bit unlucky at the fact that the defenders weren't kind of covering him as well but he knows himself he, he, he should be saving that but um I will also say that it was a decent shot you know it had some pace behind it but yeah fundamentally it's a mistake but I think what one mistake from him like that exactly like Nice said a keeper makes a mistake invariably it ends up a goal yeah. Um, other than perhaps Alex Scott yesterday, how many others made mistakes that weren't punished, or you know, we, we don't even well, remember and, even. So, and, and the de- defenders will will sort of learn from that. They'll remember that, and hopefully they'll anticipate that bank. Yeah, going yeah. forward, because I think they. And, and we probably didn't close saw... the shot patch, did we? We didn't no, close the no. shot either. They saw Max O'Leary's performance up until that point and thought, oh, he's got that covered. <laughs> and yeah. then yeah, they just need to anticipate yeah. that bounce. Um, yeah. Then it's the incident that you've referred to, 63rd minute, Cunningham rakes Wells down the calf and you see his leg afterwards and he's you know got a clear cut all down his calf. He gets up, pushes Cunningham to the floor and gets booked. But the red mist descended, didn't it? And uh, it's hard not yeah. to. It, it, it is. Uh, yeah, it was nasty. And it was intentional. You know, you look at some of these and sometimes you just you get your, your non kicking foot in the wrong position and your, your, your kicking foot can go where it doesn't want it to go. But that wasn't that was intentional from Canada. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and Naki did react in a way that I think most of us would, in fairness. Mm. Um, I think he was lucky, though, to stay on the pitch because, again, Cunningham's made the most of the uh, the, the two-handed push. And he's gone over like a fairy. Um, and the reality is, is that arguably you, you, 
you, you would have to say that's probably a red card. But, but I think, is, it, is it if he pushes him above the neck, it's a red? It was and... right on the sort of chest area, wasn't it? It was right mm. in that sort of, you know, two-handed into the chest. So maybe if that's the rule, it wasn't a red. But I think a lot of refs would have given that, I think, because because he had he, it was red missed. You could see in his eyes. And I think refs don't like players on pitches that have... Uh, well, he, their... he went up... Yeah, he, he went away from the challenge, didn't he? And, and sort of because yeah. of the, the pain he was in. And then yeah. when that kind of... He realised yeah. the shock. He then went chasing after him, yeah. pushed him. Yeah. You, yeah. You're right. I mean, it is it is violent conduct because he's pushing him. Cunningham makes the meal of it. But if you look at the Casemiro sending off last I was night. I just going to say that, yeah. Ca- Casemiro's is he's kind of holding Hughes at the throat. And there's a real melee. Um, that, to me, Naki's was more of a red card than, than Casemiro's was. But also, you know, no punishment on Cunningham whatsoever. And I'd like mm. to think, well, they, they won't retrospectively, I'm sure. But yeah, it was it was it was a cowardly challenge. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was a cowardly challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Into the 64th minute, Joe Williams licks his lips at the opportunity to win the ball just after that goes through the Preston player at the same time as the as the game heats up. But yeah, Joe Joe Williams would have been in and amongst that incident in the 63rd minute looking to, yeah. for an opportunity to to put a stiff tackle in. But he wins the ball fairly, Matt. Yeah, he, he, and again, Joe Joe knows exactly what he's doing and he's sending a message there. It's like, yeah, 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 you know, we, we got your measure. You want to play like that, we can go toe-to-toe with it. But he did it in the right way. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was quality from Joe there. No, he's 67th minute. Wells collision with Cunningham. It was a jump up for the ball and flailing arm. I'm not sure whether there was any any intent there or not. But I, I at that point I said time for a Wells substitute, and that, that absolutely. Came. <laughs> yeah, I was saying the same thing. In fact, I was typing it on our WhatsApp group. I was saying, please, MP, make a substitution and take Wells off. And before I even press sent, uh, his his number was up. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a lot in that particular incident. The commentator was sort of making something of it to say, was there? I don't I don't think he, he thought it was too bad neither. But it was the heat of the moment whereby even if there wasn't anything in it, he was at danger of the referee having yeah. a misunderstanding of what was happening. Yeah. So it was essential he came off at that point. Funny enough, we talk about, we're, you know, we're not a physical team, are we? And yet we, we actually picked up four yellows yesterday compared to Preston's mm. one. We were talking about their yeah. physicality. So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, I think the thing was as well, it was the same two players. Yeah. Um, Cunningham, again, made a meal out of it. And even yeah. um, I made a point of watching it. Wells kind of went over to him and said, like, you know, you're, you're just trying to get me sent off. You know, yeah, you're just did, not. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, you, you watched it. Cunningham gets up. There's not a mark on him. It's all right. You can call it professionalism. I, I don't think it is professionalism. I think it's just cowardly. And as I say, trying to get a fellow pro sent off. But maybe you're trying to get advantage for your team. But yeah, the bookings we got, I think Scotty got got one for pulling a shirt, didn't he? And um, Matty James for that. Um, so yeah, silly bookings rather than what he should have done. You know, that Cunningham should have been a red. Uh, there's a, a challenge we'll talk about with Chad Evans, should have been a red. Um, I think the ref missed a couple, but um, it was the right decision to take Naki Wells off because I don't, I don't know. I think Naki had, had calmed down. But I think a ne- the next challenge, mm. they're going to make a meal of it. The Preston crowd were up in arms about it. Well, and the referee, the referee was starting would... to lose control at this point. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, a yellow, you can get a yellow for absolutely anything these days, can't you? So mm. a second yellow would have been on the cards, I'm sure. So it was it was good management in the end. 
Yeah. And it's a, a debut for Harry Cornick coming on for Naki Wells. We'll speak about the the, the transfers um, at the end of the podcast. But uh, great to see him on the pitch and straight involved picking up a booking for a shirt, Paul Knight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't take long. Um, yeah. You could tell from the way he came on. I mean, I'm listening to his interviews and watching some of the footage from the way he plays. He's all about pace, isn't he? So he's added more pace into the team. Um, and he likes to get run the channels and he likes to get in behind and you could see uh, his work rate and his energy levels were high. He's going to have a high press. So um, I think he he's going to fit in to the way we're currently playing if we stick with this formation. So, yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised to see him booked so soon, but he showed he was um, he was up for it. He was up for the challenge. Yeah, Matt, he came he came in at a time where the game was at its most frantic. So obviously he's 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 been warming up on the touchline, but you it's hard to always come into a game and get up to 100 percent straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also with a new group of teammates, a new style of play, potentially. I think for Luton, he's been more of a wide sort of forward as opposed to down the middle, but he's got the number nine now. Um, and I, I thought he came on. He, he won a number of good headers. He linked up well with Sam Bell on a couple of occasions. Um, I think I think he will be an asset. Um, I think the only thing that's slightly unfair is that when he does in, his initiation song, I think... His um his past careers, you know, a little bit unfair that he's going to end up singing a, a song like he will. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good good to see. And then Scott is in the book as well for pulling McCann down on the edge of the box and giving them a, a decent free kick opportunity. Nigel, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at it, and again, you know, you're right. It it did give them an opportunity. Um, and we talked earlier about going through the whole game without making mistakes, and and. I think you said Scott, apart from Scott, whether well, I thought there was a couple of times when Scott probably overplayed a little bit in a, a, a in too far a defensive area, a couple of times when I thought he probably should have released it a bit quicker. And again, that's that that youth, that's that enthusiasm. And I thought perhaps mm-hmm. given a free kick away there again, um, could have been costly at that point. Um, yeah. so it's the those moments, but it's not criticism. It's um, as I said earlier, it's pretty difficult to go through a whole game without doing everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. I did think Brady over that as well, Nigel, because he's he's got a quality left yeah. foot. Yeah, that really concerning. I, I, and I think he ended yeah. up ballooning it sort of high and wide, really. So we got away with it there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Matt, a bit of a um, change in formation at this point as well. We saw Callas coming back on the pitch, which is great to see for Tanner. Um, how did you see us lining up at that point? We did seem to go to a three at the back. Um, and... <laughs> I understood him bringing Callas on, um, but I'm not sure. I, I thought Tanner again was solid. I didn't think we looked that we were getting sort of exposed down that side. Um, maybe, you know, probably the midfield, you're not going to take James, certainly not Williams having come on. So um, it, it just felt he probably wanted Callas's experience, height, leap, um, you know, to come into it. But I did think the change in formation just invited the pressure on a little bit. Um, but we were defending well. But yeah, I, I just felt that by doing that, we we did then, you know, end up getting a little bit more of the, the, the ball going into the box. It's a tough one, Nigel, isn't it? I mean, we as fans, we sort of have seen this over the years with different managers and not just Bristol City, different teams. You get you you're in the lead and there's that always that sort of feeling that we're sitting back a bit and inviting the pressure on. Yeah, and it is a common misconception, I think, that when teams are leading games, then fans will often say, why are we sitting back? Why are we sitting back? I, I think for me that the tactical switch yesterday was 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 wrong. I wouldn't have done it. Um 
we've moved to this it is a 4-2-3-1 but some people call it 4-3-3 it depends whether you're in or out possession but for me the formation we have at the moment with James and Naismith or yes James and Williams just sitting in front as two holding midfielders out of possession we have five in there because you can see the likes of Bell Semenyo previously but Sykes they've got really good energy levels where they come in and give us five in midfield so we've always got the overload in midfield the moment we switched to the five yesterday it didn't work because it wasn't three at the back it was five at the back and we sat back and we did invite pressure there's no question and then it just allowed Preston to, to dominate the midfield area because it was then they were playing a they, they played a, a three four three and so they had the overload in midfield at that point. And for me, it was a mistake. I, I certainly wouldn't have done it. And I do think sometimes when you are leading, you're away from home. If actually it's okay, then it's the old adage, isn't it? If it's not broken, don't fix it. And personally, I think it was a mistake because we lost the midfield battle for the last 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. 78th minute, Scott sparked out by Ched Evans right in front of the referee. No booking whatsoever, Matt. Yeah, I've not seen it back, but at the time you could see quite a few of the, the City players were incandescent with, with rage without how Evans had did it. The telling point for me was Evans took himself right away from it. He knew that he'd done something there um, and he just took himself right away. Um, again, call it professionalism if you like, but it looked it looked a nasty challenge first time of watching it. I've not seen it back. Well, I don't I, know if I, you've I, yeah, I've seen it, but... I've seen the replay. It was a almost like a forearm smash. Scott goes down, and you look at the position of the referee, Nigel, and he's he's in vision. He he's looking across the you know right across at it. I must admit, I'm struggling to remember it. So um, I I must have been making a cup of tea or something at that point. But um, but yeah, no, I'm I can't comment on something because I must admit, I you just have to I trust me. It, so. Yeah, no, I will definitely trust yeah. you. Uh, well, we'll wait to see. You know, I, if. If it is reviewed and it is seen to be a red, then they can take um, retrospective action. I think, can't they? Yeah, they can, but I don't. I don't know. They have if to. The someone, referee, has to if, someone has to lodge a, I, a request. Yeah, I, and I, I also think the referee doesn't have to have seen it. So I think if he's seen it and says he didn't think yeah. it was, then I, yeah. I don't think mm. they can do anything. Yeah, by no, by, by no means it was you know a punch to the face, but it was definitely contact with but the he, arm to the face. But, they were doing that sort of thing all afternoon. Um, there were a couple of challenges in the first half. That one in particular, where the the um, the blonde forward for them, um, he had hold of Rob Atkinson's shirt. Yeah. Very yeah. clever the way he was doing it, but he's literally pulling the shirt off of Atkinson in front of the linesman, and the linesman even says that he saw it, mm. but gives the free kick to Preston. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that was right at the and start, it, wasn't it? And they they, they both did well on, to yeah. to stand up to that one yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it goes but, the way of the of the attacking team yeah yeah okay um 85th minute it's a foul on pring but no it's not according to the referee um and yeah that was another another bit where we thought the referees lost it here in terms of not calling on uh, that foul on on campring then 87th minute nige we see the return of andy vyman coming on mm -hmm. for sam bell great to see him back on the pitch yeah, absolutely. Um, a, another player that, you know, um, have we missed him? Um, I suppose because of the style of play, it's been interesting, hasn't it's it? Given, the, it's given others opportunities, hasn't it? It's, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess, I guess for me with Vyman coming back, it, it, it is that uh, challenge for, for, for the shirt again now. And, and that's the key thing. 
does he walk in? Because there was some conversation a few of us were having before the game. Does he come back in? A lot of people probably thought he was Nigel Pearson, you know, one of Nigel Pearson's sort of favourite players, and he would. I didn't think he would, and and I think Pearson got the right starting lineup 100% yesterday. So I don't think he automatically has a shirt right now, um, but it's interesting. His his the way he plays will actually suit the four two three one in terms of one of those wide three positions. So I think I still think he's got a big part to play for the rest of the season, but he's probably not an automatic starter as he was previously. I come to you on this, Matt. Uh, obviously, Sykes has, has put in a good shift last week and this week. For me, it's it's just a one poor performance away, or one you know average or below par performance away from Vitamin coming back in, and then he has to take the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's it's what you want. I mean, may, maybe one mediocre performance is a, is a bit harsh if he's been playing sort of well, but to the, the same extent as we've said. You, you want that competition. Um, I actually was, again, we're chatting to Tom, wondering whether he would bring Mimetti on um, just because of Vyman being out with a hamstring, getting into the pace of the game. Um, and, and quite rightly, Tom sort of said, but, you know, he's experienced. We're 10 minutes from the end of the game with injury time. Vyman knows the rest of the players. It's probably the right call to make. And I think it, I think it was. Mimetti might have been a little bit more of a, a free spirit um, that wouldn't have, you know, um, had the the diligence to to kind of see the game out. So it was the right one. But but for me, next game, all being fitting well, it, it goes the same. You wouldn't drop Sam Bell. You wouldn't drop Mark Sykes. So, yeah. That's a very uh, good point for Tom to make after all those Madries he was having. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think he it was tainted slightly with the Fosters. So he was okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Watered it down. Yeah. Watered it down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, as you say, seven minutes of injury time. It really was nail biting, um, squeaky bum time. But we came through it. And the, the scenes afterwards were, were great to see the fans. Uh, celebrating with the players, Sam Bell running up to the fans, giving it the fist in the air. And also Nigel Pearson, probably the closest we've seen him to the fans in terms of coming over and giving a round of applause, Matt. Yeah, just, just, a, I think those, those sort of games where it is squeaky bum in, you know, I think especially at Preston, um, you know, you think back to last season where we've, we've really dominated the game, been excellent. And then one moment near the end costs us. Um, so to get that victory makes it all the more special. Um, and you could see the delight on the players. Looking at, I, I listened to Nigel Pearson afterwards and he was saying about the, the bench reacting the way that they did and the support the bench were giving. It, it's pretty clear to me that this group of players really get on and, and get on in the way that the, the Steve Cottrell side did. You know, you can see... The way that the youngsters are looked after by the pros like Naismith and Wells and James, um, it's it's very positive at the moment, isn't it? I mean, and such a a, a quick turnaround from the the um, the Christmas Day. defeat to West Brom, yeah, to you know as you say, eight unbeaten, unbeaten this league. No one's getting carried away. I mean, I I do find myself laughing when I see fans talking about us being you know eight points off the playoffs. Um, <laughs> absolutely no chance are we getting anywhere near the playoffs but still technically what we true are seeing, i know i know it is <laughs> but it's it's said in a way of you know we still got a we're chance. gonna get to the playoffs yeah 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 um but what it does show that again the academy the 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 production line that's coming off 
Um, I saw some really positive reports of Kaji yesterday at Swindon. Um, you know, and for Sam Bell to have come in and perform like he's performed the last sort of four or five games is outstanding. So what it does do, it gives you you know, a greater degree of confidence. And I think for all of us, we're all enjoying watching Bristol City play at the moment. And that was a different type of game yesterday. That was a game you had to grind out as opposed to last week's, you know, really fantastic footballing performance. Um, but yeah, it is, it's good to see. And, and the atmosphere in the stands was great. Um, and yeah, the players coming over and you're right, Nice did come over in a little bit of a sort of fist punt, you know, nothing over the top. But yeah, it was good to see, mate. It was one nice. thing I was going to make mention of, actually. It was on a similar line, but it was probably about the 85th minute or something when I think um, one of our defenders, I think it was Scott, but it might have been somebody else, went in for a 50-50 and we got a goal kick out of it, whereas Preston were adamant it was a corner. And the reaction from the City players when that goal kick was given, it was almost as if we'd scored. And it really struck out for me because you, they showed a, a, an angle from behind and you've got Zach Viner kind of giving it both fist pumps. You've got Pring giving it some as well. And it just showed that actually the significance of just making that challenge and getting a goal kick out of it meant yeah. so much. And that was a really significant moment for me which stuck out yeah. which basically said as you said Matt it's, it's, it's about that camaraderie and everything else but yeah. actually playing for the shirt and actually really giving 100% and as fans that's yeah. what we ask yeah, yeah you're right I think those two new players three new players coming in you know there's such such a bond that um, that the players have and the squad has as it stands at the moment, they will have to fit into that rather than the other way around of of them instilling something which can sometimes happen when uh, when new players come into the team. So yeah, great to see, great to see. Um, Nigel, I think you, just on, sorry, Pat, just just on that, I think Nigel Pearson has referenced both in, in particular Mimetti and Cornick's characters and how and I, and I think with Anis in particular, um, he's very driven. Um, very focused and I've not seen and, and you're unlikely to but I've not seen a single negative comment about him um, and when you see players like David Wheeler at Wickham who, who's been around a little bit talking about Anis Mimetti and just what an outstanding young man he is but also driven again it shows the work that, that Sean Gillespie and Brian Tinian and the rest of the recruitment team are doing in terms of making sure you're getting the right characters. And, and I think that's something we've not done over the last few years. We've brought players in who haven't necessarily been the right characters for the squad. Um, so, yeah, so it's great to see. Great to see. Yeah. Nigel, I was going to ask you um, for your thoughts, synopsis, if you like, on the turnaround and the reasons for the turnaround since Boxing Day. Is it formation? Is it personnel? Is it just clicked over time what, what what do you put it down to well it's a good question um i mean look you'll know as as anybody that's, that's spoken to me or heard me before i've i've, I've not been a nigel pearson fan for, for for a while and that's based on what i see in front of me it's not based on anything that i've got against the chap it's, it's based on the decisions he makes his, his game management his tactical approach and all of those things so for me the 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 biggest thing, and when I was last on Radio Bristol, I spoke to Jeff around, basically, for me, we needed to change the formation. The three at the back wasn't working. It was essential that we 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 put the extra body in midfield. We were talking about this months ago. So personally, I still think it came too late. And you look back and it might be a season of what ifs. You know, people talk about our squad not being strong enough and everything else. You look at that team yesterday. I was having a debate with a friend of mine and, and you know, 
only 40% are new sign-ins. So the, the, the foundation of the team, I think, has always been there, but it's been about management. So you look at it since Christmas, and I think the biggest change has obviously been the formation. There does seem to be also, I think, just prior to Christmas, it was around the, the incidents when Nigel Pearson came out and called out Pring and then called out the fans. We've all said it before recently. There does seem to be a difference in his approach with the media. You listen to his press conferences now, they're much more upbeat, they're much more positive. Um, so I think that's a factor. But you don't build things, you don't change things overnight. So I acknowledge that this has been in the background. And I, where I will give Nigel Pearson some credit is that clearly the very core of the squad and the core foundation of the club has changed massively because of the financial fair play. And so that's been something that has clearly been happening over the last 18 months, two years. And it does look as if it's, for me, it's it's very positive. But fundamentally, performance-wise, since Christmas, for me, it's about formation. Okay. Excellent stuff. Right. It's, get... it's, it's on, sorry, Patrick. Again. It's interesting as well, Nigel, isn't it? Because... Um, Nigel Pearson, when he's been asked about the formation, is kind of, yeah. well, oh, yeah. I don't go on formations, yeah. but yeah. but clearly, like you, it's made such a difference, such a difference. Yeah. Um, and this, I don't, and Matt, this yeah. is where I've been been very critical of Nigel Pearson because yeah. I don't think tactically he's the strongest. And I'll give you an example of that. So when he came out and again, after Sykes had been pushed forward and suddenly scores three goals in his first four games, playing as one of the front three instead of a wing back, his post-mask interview was that, well, I would have expected him to have been in that position yeah, as a wing back. Agreed. Well, I'm sorry, I'm a coach and I do not yeah. expect my wing backs to be in that position that far forward. You want your yeah. wing backs, which is running up and down the up and down the line. They've got to be defensively yeah. first because they're wing backs. They're not yeah. wingers. Okay. So their priority is to defend, but you need them to get forward and create opportunities. You don't expect one wing back if a if if a left wing back is firing up the wing to get a cross in, you wouldn't expect your right wing back to be on the edge of the box six yards no, to put I, that away I, because you've overexposed yourself then and you've got both wing backs in the final third. So that's and that, it's also yeah, yeah it's well, also doing a little bit of discredit to, to Sykes to an extent oh, as well, totally. isn't it? It's, Absolutely. It should yeah. it should be. Yeah, he's done brilliantly since it should he's gone be praise, shouldn't it? Yeah. But but yeah. I also wonder whether it, is there an element of pressure there? I don't know if you've seen the Jurgen Klopp interview. Um but there's a guy called, I think it was James Pierce. Pierce and I wonder yeah. what, yeah, yeah. I wondered if it was, it was our James from Bristol Life, but it was James Pierce from um, The Athletic, I think. And Jurgen Klopp refuses to answer yeah. a question from him yeah. because of what he's written. Yeah. And I thought, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm probably in very much in the minority. I'm not a big Jurgen Klopp fan because I think he's great when they're winning and not so great when they're not winning. But I thought that was completely disrespectful yesterday. I don't know what the bloke wrote, unless it was something, um, you know, scandalous about Scousers or Liverpudlians or whatever. But it was about football. For him to ask Jurgen Klopp, why is it that they're conceding goals early on? And he just refuses to answer. Yeah. I think maybe there's a bit of pressure and maybe with Nigel Pearson as well. It was, yeah. you know, there were some moments that things weren't going well. Fans were absolutely calling for his head, you know, yeah. groups of fans. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that comes in. But yeah, like like you, I yeah. think it should have been with that one. Yeah, Sykes has done brilliant. And yeah, not, absolutely. well, I expected yeah. that, you know. Uh, yeah. One thing you can say about Nigel Pearson is he's he's the same whether we win or lose or draw. You oh, know, he, absolutely. Yeah, always has been. Unlike, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unlike yeah. Jurgen Klopp, as you've just said, Matt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, yeah. um, I'm just going to go through some tweets now, and then we'll come to your ratings, Matt. So, uh, Shahan, first of all, I was worried when Preston got a goal back, but City fought on. Looks like they may no longer be our bogey team. He's uh, he's off now to watch City women against Blackburn Rovers ladies. So, uh, all the very best, City women. Uh, Chris Chard, Max O'Leary, man of the match. Great play from Zach, Zach, Sam and Alex. Mark Sykes also played well. Simon Devlin, nice to see we are grinding out results and putting together a bit of consistency at long last. Good point. Uh, Robin over here, that's Beth, not Ruth. Passionate and determined. Window now closed. And as Toby Osborne said, the team can now start to feel, okay, this is us now. Um, Dave, no mercy have haven't felt this good for a long time and it's only been a month of this form really feels like we have something special going on could it could we be that team that has a run in the second half of the season no positions in the squad where i see weakness right now can't stop smiling um and there's a picture from Sutz. it says alex scott has just been described as zidane-esque on sky sports uh tim knowles scott back to his best aaron rowe nine points off the bottom uh of the bottom three nine points off the top six a long-term strategy to underpin a club that has its challenges not out of the woods baby steps out of the dark huge credit to the board let's not forget nigel pearson role behind the scenes as well as on the touchline matt withers tweeted as well best win of the season for me Ground it out, and Alex Scott just wow. Max O'Leary, man of the match, five great saves. Potential spoilers there for the ratings. Uh, Zane, HD tweet football, hard fought when Preston got that goal back. Class play by Scott and Bell. Um, right, a few more. Bristol Badger, didn't see a weak link anywhere on the pitch. Like the look of Cornish Harry. Is he Cornish? I didn't know that. Um, all the team work hard, which is important. Sykes and Wells are unsung heroes, though all the players were a seven plus, I am sure. Well, we'll see in a minute. Chris dug deep for that win. Max O'Leary, my man of the match, even with the mistake. To be fair, the shot for their goal swerved all over the place. Wonderful move for our second team showed great character today. Um, and Matt, uh, a couple of a couple of claims about some ratings there, but let's find out what how are we gonna how are we gonna rate yeah. the players today? <clears throat> yeah, they're I'll start with actually the, the minor matches because I think there were three that were in contention there and, and easily could be, and I wouldn't argue against any of them. And that was Rob Atkinson, Alex Scott and Max O'Leary. The difference for me, and yes, he made a mistake. And as Nigel said, you know, what player doesn't? Um, but I thought Max made four top, top draw saves yesterday that, even on 50% of those, if two of those go in, we're not winning the game yesterday. Um, and he made the saves at important parts of the game, you know, very early on in the second half to keep it 2-0. Two, two very early on in the first half to keep it 0-0 nil, nil and we go at the other end. Um, and yeah, yes, it was the one mistake, but I think probably the the only mistake he made, other than there was a bit of a, a confusion with him in Zach with one ball across, I just thought his saves were top draw. So Max, I've gone eight, and I have gone man of the match for Max. Okay. Um, but as I said, I wouldn't disagree with an Atkinson or a, a Scott vote. I think Nigel felt Atkinson, Atkinson was man of the match. Well, the, the um, vote, the vote that we did on the three P I A P C Twitter was Max O'Leary nineteen percent, Alex Scott seventy three, um, yeah. and that was one hundred eighty six votes. So uh, yeah. yeah, but it's um, and Alex. Alex is going to get. 
those kind of plaudits because of what we're seeing and his age and everything. But yeah. I just you can't you can't understate the importance of the saves that Mac ma oh, Max God, made no, at yeah. the times that he did. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Max. So, eight. Yeah, eight, eight for Max. Um George Tanner, I went seven. Um George I love George Tanner. I just think he just goes about his work so unfussy and does what he needs to do. Um I think changing the shape with George coming off did, did invite that pressure like we talked about. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was another solid display from George, who, again, is a youngster playing at this level consistently for the first time in his career. Mm. So, you know, we kind of forget that a little bit with George. Um, in the middle, Zach Viner, I've gone... Um, I want to go Zach. I'm, I'm probably going to go seven for Zach. Um, pushing an eight, but I thought it was another very, very good performance, a very captain-esque performance talking through. Nigel talked about that that moment where the ball went out for a corner, and he's he's a pivotal member of this team now, Zach Viner. Um, and I hope to God that contract negotiations are ongoing, and I'm sure Zach would stay because um, he clearly loves it here. But yeah, I went seven for Zach. And Rob Atkinson, I think, just shaded it against Zach. I went eight for Rob. I thought Rob had a a really, really good game. Um, not unusually for Rob. We when we talk about him when he gets the big scores, it's because of the way that he brings the ball out. And but yesterday was all about defending. Um, and he was sticking his head in places up against some really, really physical opponents. And and I think he came out on top. So yeah, I went I went eight for Robin. You know, he, he, just he let Nigel have a. We'll just yeah. let Nigel have his five penneth on Rob as he was his man of the match. Yeah, he, he was, and and to be fair, I've gone exactly the same as Matt there. I've I've actually got Max Atkinson and Scott all on eight as well, so we completely match on that. But I gave it to Atkinson because for me, um, it was an away performance. When when you talk about going away and you talk about playing on the counter attack, and you you and we did allow so much pressure in the second half. You need your defence to be warriors. And there were a couple of incidents yesterday we mentioned when he was having his shirt pulled. The way he got up afterwards and kind of looked at the linesman, for me, he had a warrior performance yesterday. There was something yeah. about him which he just looked like a he looked like a proper centre-back. And we know he's got the ball-carrying element as well. So I think he's developing into a great player. So for me, that's why uh, he was mm -hmm. my man of the match yesterday. Yeah. Warrior is a great word. Nigel describes his performance yesterday perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Um, Campering, um, I, I've gone seven because I agree with the earlier comment. I just felt early on um, Campering was was getting probably more of a formation thing, but was getting drawn in and, and Brang on the right side, the Preston captain, got an awful lot of ball in the first half where he could have made more of it. Um, and then he addressed it a little bit later on in that first half. And at one point um, he was calling... Um, Atkinson across to then call Viner across to call Tanner across so that he wasn't as exposed. Um, I thought in the second half, he really got on it. And and what you get with Cam, like it was late on, he, he will carry the ball, should have had a free kick, um, but he's at the end of the pitch at the end of the game, you know, trying to defend from the front, if you like, because of the way that he's carried the ball up there and, you know, cut the throw-ins and stuff. So again, I thought a really solid performance from Cam, but I, yeah, I went seven for Cam. Um, midfield, what, what minute did Naismith come off, Patch? 30. Right, yeah. so he's played 60. So, 
Naismith, again, I'm going to go seven because I'm not going to go six for any of them because of the way the performance was. But Naismith, seven, um, the, the the ball alone for the goal. Yes, there was a mistake there, but it was still a great ball. And then Matty James, I'm going seven as well. I thought Matty James, although I I, I wasn't joking when I said I thought he was coming off because he looked a little bit laboured. Um, we know that Matty James hasn't got the legs to to race around like Joe Williams does, but he is he is key to the way we're playing at the moment. And his um his discipline and that of Naismith is allowing Scott to do what Scott is doing. So I thought it was a, a, another very good performance from from James. Matt, can Williams. I just Matt, Go can on, I mate. just jump yeah, yeah. in though at that point? Because this yeah. is what this is for me. I've talked about it before, and we all football's about jigsaw pieces, and you put all the jigsaw yeah. pieces together and you find yourself with a nice picture. The reality is, is that the reason we were losing midfield with the previous formation was because James and didn't have the energy, for instance, and Scott was being yeah. played out of position. You now put them in two holding positions like Gareth Southgate does with England and he'll put Henderson in there or he'll put Rice in there. The reality is, is you've got James and Naismith that none of them are going to run around and cover every blade of grass, but it's their perfect position because yeah, they can dictate, agree. they can just quarter. Naismith's like a quarterback. James is just the, the disciplinarian in there. He's controlling yeah. things. He's talking to the younger players. This is why the formation is working because now we've got the right players in the right positions. Have, and yeah, have a, have a listen on. to uh, the, the press conference on Thursday with Matty James. He more or less says exactly that and, and having yeah. that flexibility. Yeah, he, he, I mean, I, I, I again, that you you've, you said it right with um, with Atkinson, Warrior, and you said it right there with James, disciplined, um, and, and it is that jigsaw, so no, completely agree. Joe Williams the same. Um, I thought Joe came on. Um, I was worried Joe Williams might be someone that was going out in the transfer window um, just because of his game time and everything else. Joe Joe clearly is well-liked among the rest of the players. He's got a character. You look at a lot of the uncuts and it's Joe Williams making the jokes in. Bad jokes. But he's also... Yeah, I mean, they are, yeah. Yeah, I did quite <laughs> like the... Um, also one the other night. I did quite find that one quite funny. But uh, Something about your um, belly button? I can't remember what it was now. No, that was Andy Vimans, I think. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, no, no, it might have been. But I, I thought again that tackled some Joe Williams up. Um, he got the shot away. Uh, he, he's going to be an important part for the rest of our season. So yeah, a, a seven for Joe. Um, Alex Scott eight. Um, could could have been a nine in the way that Atkinson could have been a nine, and O'Leary could have been a nine. Um, I'll go back to what I've said earlier on about Alex Scott. You know, please get along and watch him. I can't wait. God willing that he's fit and, you know, on playing form. on form like he is at the moment. I can't wait to see him against Man City playing like that. And at the moment, Alex Scott is playing himself into a, a move in the summer to a club in the top 10, as opposed to a Wolves, a Bournemouth. And that's no disrespect to either of those clubs, great clubs. But, you know, there will be there will be top six teams looking at him. And Tom said yesterday that he um he had a bet with a mate of his that Alex Scott would play in the next World Cup. And then his mate messaged him yesterday to say, this Scott that they're all talking about on TV, that's not the lad that you're saying is going to play in the World Cup, is it? Because he's had quite a size, quite a sizable bet, apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean he, he's a joy to watch. And when you see him, his movement yesterday, but the difference for me, and I don't know what what you two think, but the difference for me is. He's now he's now influencing games and imposing himself on the game. 
the last two games has been his best two performances. Yeah, completely agree. Well, and it's, it was, it's finding it was, that it's it's finding that consistency now, isn't it? And he's yeah. he's he's found that over the last few games. Um, I think prior to that, when we look at our back at our ratings, he was you know fives, I think, in yeah. in, in terms of uh, how we saw him playing. But yeah, it's it's finding that consistency. It's dictating the game. Uh, he's continuing to show a maturity beyond his years, which is what I really like, Nigel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say, I mean, he, you know, he's had, he's had, he's been played in a couple of strange positions, hasn't he? He was, yeah. he was right wing back, I think, at one point, um, which, okay, you could argue was filling a hole. Quite a lot of games, Nigel, as well. It was a weird one, wasn't it? Because you yeah. know, we still had the likes of Tanner and Wilson that were there and not injured at the time, so it was a real strange one. Um, but yeah, he, he, the position he now plays in, because you've got the two holding midfielders in behind him. He's pretty much got a free roam. You know, he's got a license to play um, in that 10 spot. And knowing that you've actually got, you know, your right-sided attacker, your left-sided attacker, and you've still got a, a, a nine in, in Wells in, in front of you, it's the perfect scenario for him, really, because he's, he, he's safe to do whatever he wants. And that's why we're seeing the fruits of the benefit. You know, but it, it, for me, it's a no-brainer that he's in that hole, and this is why he's playing as well as he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the front two, or well, sorry, Sykesy on the right, um, seven for Sykes. I thought again, um, he's not he's not a physical player, Sykes, but actually he, he won a fair few challenges in the air yesterday, um, and also linked quite well with Cornick when he came on. Um, so yeah, I, I I I like Sykes at the moment, and he's still not everyone's cup of tea. I know that, but you can't question what he's doing playing in that position in the position that he was signed to play in. So um, that's good to see. And then the front two, Naki Wells. I just love Naki Wells. I just think um, the way that he's performing, as I said earlier on, um, I've gone seven for Naki as well, um, but I thought it was a, a really, really strong performance. And the ball across Sam Bell was just brilliant. And then Sammy Bell, I've gone seven. Um, that, that probably wasn't an eight just because um fairly early on he, he he wasn't able to get into the game he wasn't getting the ball um and he wasn't able to get into the game but then when he started to find his feet um and the goal is just great great movement um and at the end when he came off he he ran himself into the ground he was absolutely shattered but to see his face patch being pushed back by the, the players again to go and celebrate with that fist pump. It's as a fan, it's what you want to see. It's it's quite emotional when you see your your own players like that. Well, and he's, he's especially he's, with their local lads, you know. He's reflecting the exact same facials that we would have if we were in his position. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think is that all of them? Yep. Um Nige. Not you, Nige, Nigel Pearson. Yeah, I mean it's got it's got <laughs> to be an eight again. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to go above an eight because of the, the the sort of scores I've given Max, Alex, and Rob. But you know, to get a a win away at Preston, um, a double over Preston, and again against a team that were were physically you know, a, a little bit nasty actually. Um, it, it times I thought it was it was a, a really really good win. Um, yes, tactically you might mark him down to a seven because of that change, but. I think a two-one away win at, at Preston is is worthy of an eight. Nige is not knocking him down to a seven. By the way, <laughs> I've, I, I, do, do you know what, Matt? I've got my scores here, 
And yep. we have a 100% match until you got wow. to the gaffer. <laughs> until go, you got to the gaffer. I did, so I did explain. What did you go? Seven? Yeah, I went seven because you know, I yeah. think you base your scores on six being what you expect, don't you? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. He's gone away. He's picked the right starting team and we've won. But he almost, for me, it almost cost us when we changed formation. So I'm going one above uh, to give him a seven. Yeah. But to give him an eight, I think, I yeah, that's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit reaching. Oh. But. But no, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Pat, Pat, you could have the casting vote. <laughs> Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I thought you were going nine. I thought you were going nine. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Okay. So, yeah, great away day. A, a great performance. Three points on the road is always good, but even sweeter when it comes at Preston. Um, we obviously had the transfer window come and go let's talk about first the outgoings if we if we can so obviously losing Semenyo Nige uh we we knew it would come at some point and I watched match of the day this morning just purely to see Antoine Semenyo and he had a a decent decent run um in the second half as we've seen him do many many a time and um yeah he obviously was a bit unfortunate but he looks like he's he's gone straight into the starting lineup for them and he's yeah. the, the 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 man up top yeah he did it's an interesting one because um on another whatsapp group that I'm on uh, one of the chaps on there what? shared a post I another know, one it's not as good as yours, though. Perhaps, oh, thank you. so. um, but he, uh, one of my chaps on there basically shared a link from, I think it was from BBC Sport, which showed some commentary against that game. And it said, uh, it said the Bournemouth were creating chances, but once again, Semenyo is, gives away cheap possession and doesn't take the opportunity. So I read from that that perhaps he wasn't having the uh, strongest game he could have done. But then interestingly, this morning, I, I had a look at it. And uh, on the ratings, he was the highest rated Bournemouth player, actually. So mm. he obviously didn't do too badly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we will miss him because obviously, naturally speaking, you know, he's a talented young lad. And I think his better days are still ahead of him. Um, he's a spark, but, um, isn't he? He's I a spark that can ignite yeah, the game. He is. I, I wish him well. At the end of the day, he's he's served us. I think he's always he's always given given um, a lot of effort when he's come on. Uh, sometimes you could argue it doesn't, and people will say different things. But I think fundamentally, he's done well for us. He's a young lad, and I wish him all the best in his future career. Yeah, can't wait to see. Can't wait to see how he progresses in the Premier League, and who knows, back in the Championship next season, we shall see. Um, Matt. Masengo, obviously one of your favourite players, finally has, has left to go to Oxair, albeit on loan. But Nige did say in a press conference that he won't be back. So, um, yeah, he went straight into the... No, he actually, no, he came on for Oxair, didn't he? In came the game? On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I am disappointed. I mean, there's still talk around this um, 99 games in it that we'd have to pay money to Monaco if he played the 100 games. I don't, I don't know whether there's any truth in that. Nigel Pearson said it was the first he'd heard of it, but you know I think he probably would would potentially say that. It it is a shame, you know. We're, we're I'm on my way back, sort of following the Preston game yesterday, and last year witnessed one of the the best performances I've seen from a City player um, from Han Noah, but it just didn't work out. And as much as I loved him, you you still have to look at it as a midfielder. It was I don't think he scored a single goal, did he? Um, no. And however many, however many assists, which in ninety nine games as a midfielder that was was getting in the box and did get shots at times, it it wasn't great. So I do think there's still potential there, and he could go on to bigger things. 
it won't be with us, but I think we're still entitled to compensation, aren't we? Um, because of his age when he joined us. So even though he's out of contract, we will still get something when he ends up signing for wherever he ends up going. So, yeah. yeah. But it was a shame the way it worked out, really. Yeah. Uh, nice. Dan Bentley on the bench uh, at, at um, home to Liverpool and a 3-0 win. But they're watching the match today this morning, that their keeper made some great saves. So he's going to have to get an opportunity at some point, hopefully this season. But who knows? But Dan Bentley leaving another great servant to the club. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, I, if you think back of the last couple of years, a few fans have been critical of him recently and probably in, in so much as he's not the strongest when it comes to commanding his six-yard box. If there was one area that he needed to develop, it would be that. But as a shot stopper, I think I think Bentz was fantastic. I think you look back, I think he was player of the year season before last. Yeah. He was up there pushing last season as well. I think he, he, he gained us a, a hell of a lot of points over the last couple of years. So again, a really good servant to the club. Seems a really top bloke. Um, again, I wish him well. I think he will struggle to become a number one in the Premier League, if I'm honest with you. Um, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he will. But um, yeah, I think that I think it might be one step too far. I think a little bit, just purely because of his his his, his catching ability and possibly also his distribution as well. In the Premier League, you have to be so good with your feet, and I'm not sure uh, that's one of his strongest points. We shall see. We shall see. I mean, he, he we've seen him make worldy saves. We've seen him yeah. play out of his skin. Yeah. It's um yeah, just see see how that how that progresses. Yeah, it's it's more than that though, Patch. Now the saves, isn't it, mm. in the Premier League? You you've got to be able to pass it out. All of the teams like to play from the back. Um, but you know, he, he's hopefully he gets an opportunity because he's he's Matt, a top I've seen, top I've bloke s- down Bentley. I've seen a, a lot of Premier League stuff and I've seen a lot of goalkeepers and, and a lot of them have got mistakes in them. They've got bad oh, distribution. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Well, it's look fine at, margins. Um, I know I know he's not Premier League now, but look at Tim Krul yesterday for Norwich. Mm. He, I mean, he literally passes to the, the Burnley striker in his box. Yeah. Um. So, but you're, you're always going to get that. We talked about it with Max. As, as a keeper who makes a mistake, invariably it leads leads to a chance and and also then leads to a goal but yeah. you know I, i'm i'm not i'm not being disparaging of dan you know he top top bloke was a great servant for us i think probably salary came into it in terms of the decision decision around contracts um so that that you know he would have been one of our top earners and that that will then be interesting to see what happens with thomas carson and and, and jada silver um, yeah. come the summer but I, w- I wish him well he was a, a top top keeper and uh, a really really nice bloke in and around the club as well Dan Bentley yeah absolutely yeah we saw him um, up at the Head and Chicken in that fans forum didn't we exactly yeah. Last. and yeah it was really yeah. it was really good um, a bit of a shame with what happened with Tim Closer and Chris Martin you know both had their contracts terminated in terms of a mutual agreement neither have now got a club I think there was rumours of Chris Martin going to Gillingham, but I don't think that's that's happened. Um, but yeah, Tim Close obviously came on a, a short-term deal and then and then signed you know a slightly longer-term deal, but it never really worked for him, Matt, did it, after that sort of pre-season? I, ironically, his debut was away at Preston last year. Um, ah, right, okay. But very, very popular. Um, you know, we were at Stoke Patch when he was coming off the pitch. Um, making jokes because we were booing the ref and he kind of implied, why are you booing me? Oh, yeah. Um, but seem, seems very popular. I think there were circumstances around it. I, I believe that um, 
his his wife or partner um had a baby um and so he was having to spend you know more time back at home um but it speaks measures of the man when he comes out and says what he said, thanking the fans. So mm. disappointed, yeah. but but probably the right decision because I'm sure he will have been on on very good money. Chris Martin, you know, Chris Martin's a good pro. He, he scored a lot of goals. I do think when he came on the pitch, we didn't play to his strengths when he was coming on his sub. Um, I think he could have still been a decent addition for the remainder of the season if we played into his feet, but we always seem to want to go long when Chris Martin came on. Yeah. But again, served, served us well. I, I wish him all the best. My only, it's, I suppose it is a little bit of a gripe, but, and I don't know that it was aimed at them, but when Nigel Pearson talked about, you know, yeah, players going just, just to freshen it up and wanting players who want to play for the shirt and stuff. I, I didn't know whether that was a veiled, um, you know, comment around any of the players that have left them a Sengo or or um, a closer or anything. But you know, I, I wish them both well. I, I think both in their own ways, but especially Martin, he scored some some key goals. I mean, we'll remember that goal away at Peterborough patch that he scored in the rain was brilliant, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that and the fact that he Cardiff was part goals. Cardiff, yeah, and he was yeah. part of the the WSM of of last season yeah. that that was yeah. so successful. I think. If you look back over Bristol City history, that 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 triple, you know, the combination of goals and assists, I can't think of many occasions where we have we've had many more than that. Obviously, no. usually it's only two up front, but you know, you get you get what I mean. Um, and then we we look at obviously Kaji, who I think started for Swindon. He stopped got gone on loan. Wish him all the best, and he could come back into the squad next season. Nigel as um as someone in contention for the for the midfield. Yeah, he's highly rated, isn't he? And and again, I think it's the perfect scenario, really, for him to go away and get game time. And we've seen it. And again, that was one of my criticisms of, of Pearson a year ago, is that he sort of seemed to put a stop on, on our academy, sending our younger players out. But that switched us on its head. And now that Brian Tinian has a more fundamental role to play, um, we're now sending players back out on loan again and you know the, the what we're seeing with our academy players now that doesn't happen overnight that's happened from 10 years of work in the background going through the the dna of what they're trying to to, to create down there and going out on loan and getting game time so you know this we're, we're reaping the, the benefits of that now and that's got to be allowed to continue for us to have that future uh development um you missed uh, tyler as well we're we going to mention tyler because obviously yeah good show yeah he's on he's on he's on the list but oh, yeah go for, okay. go for it yeah, I mean, you know, for me, Tyler, um, we talked, we we talked before about this, and he probably in his games that he played, he probably didn't show us that he was championship ready at that moment in time. Now, was that because he was coming into unfamiliar positions um, at the time? I think there were some comments around he wasn't playing in his ideal position. Um, was it in games that we just weren't competing in, um, and he was thrown in a little bit? So what we saw of him suggested he wasn't ready for the championship. But what we're seeing, obviously, on these loan spells, is that he's a very, very a capable young mm. player that I think will develop and probably will get to championship level, but he probably wasn't ready quite yet for me. Well, yeah, Matt, he was yeah. the, one of the first youngsters in the sort of mm. recent crop, if you like, to actually get an opportunity, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think he will prove to be a mistake um, letting him go when we did. I, I think we probably could have, and, and you, you don't know in terms of Riley's own ambitions and, um, you know, the fact that he he wanted to set down roots and, and sort of play regularly. I just feel maybe 
sending him out on loan to Portsmouth for this season um, and maybe even next season. But I, I do think there's a player there. And I said it at the time, so it's not with hindsight and I might be proven wrong, but Pompey fans are, are all over about him. You know, I saw another two tweets yesterday saying, can't mm. believe Bristol City let us have this Taylor for as cheap as he is. Mm. Um, and make no mistake, it takes some balls to play down at Pompey. Um, you know, they, they're, their crowd is one of the... Yeah. The proper vociferous crowds, and uh, you know, he, he seems to be doing very well. Hopefully, it works out for him. But I agree with what Nigel's saying, he certainly wasn't ready for championship level now. So, you know, yeah. may, maybe it was the right thing all round. Just on the academy, obviously, uh, City under 21s play host to Everton at 1 pm today at the High Performance yeah. Center. So, uh, is that on Robin's TV? Do you know, Patch? Not, not seen anything yet, but. Right, Maybe, okay. um, not sure. Yeah. It's the the Premier League, Premier League Cup, isn't it? So um, yeah, yeah, all the very best. Yeah. Thing. All right, and then we'll talk about the incoming. So obviously the goalkeeper coming in, we haven't seen a lot of him. But if again Max is continuing to put in these sorts of performances, will we see him in the first team? Unsure, remains to be seen. But he's someone who's played in Europe. Um, in recent in recent times, so welcome to the club. And then, Nigel, your thoughts on Mehmeti? First of all, we've seen highlight reels of him at Wickham. He seems to be a bit of a, a maverick, a bit of a show showman. Is that fair? How how do you see this transfer? Well, person obviously came out and used that expression, didn't he? That he wanted to sign a maverick, and now I think uh, in his last presser he said, I, "I wish I didn't say that because that's all he keeps getting accused of now is saying we needed a maverick." So, um, so it, he looks as if he's that type of player. He looks as if he's he's a creative player that that has a bit of edge about him, and we saw in his um, in his interviews that he's clearly. Um, very driven and and he uses used the word win and winning and winner so many times in that first interview so I, I do like the look of him but again I'm, I'm not going to get too excited right now until we actually see him on the field because it's exactly the same as talking about Tyler you know he's played in a lower division and we don't know if he's going to be able to step up yet and play and do the same things and he now has to come into a new environment a new group of teammates he's got to work for a different type of manager i mean pearson is very different um to to where he would have come from so the reality is is it might take at least 12 months um, potentially but who knows he might come on next week and might be an absolute genius and we'll all be drooling over somebody else so um, let's wait and see but fingers crossed looks positive Matt, anything to add to that and then give your views on Cornick? Obviously, you've seen him in the flesh for, for a period of time yesterday. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying about Mehmeti. Uh, um, Cornick, uh, he's a player I've always liked when we've played Luton. Um, he's always caused us problems. As I say, more more from a wide role than, than sort of down the middle. But I thought yesterday in his cameo yesterday, he put himself about. Nigel Pearson talked about him being a, a really good athlete. Um and it and it meant we could still play with a good a good sort of press. So I I think the obviously the goal is slightly different, but I think the two signings we made have, have been excellent signings. So yeah, and looking forward to the remainder of the season with them. Absolutely, and um, obviously we tried to get in one or two defenders and. Yeah. Uh, my question, Matt, is where can the side improve in terms of positional sense? And you know, we've all, we've always spoke about set pieces in in corners and free kicks, and that's for me my biggest bugbear still is getting better at that. But positionally, is there anywhere that you think we need to? Yeah, I, th I think 
the the interesting thing, I think the two lads they were talking about, the lad from Crystal Palace um, and the lad from Wimbledon, I think they were more around the future um, and, right. and not so much for this season. I think that his name's completely gone out of my head, the Crystal Palace lad. Curry was one, wasn't it? Curry was Wimbledon and then the other lad was it, it um, Palace, yeah. Um, he He's very much of a defender in the Flint stature, tall... Um, you know, first ball kind of defender, and I think we need that. Um, obviously, the the left back, left wing back. I think, by all accounts, had we got him, the likelihood was that Jay De Silva would would have gone to Coventry. Um, so you you kind of would expect maybe that in the summer Jay will move on, um, and we may very well go back in for the lad at Wimbledon. I was a little bit disappointed, really, because I think we made some some really good offers to Wimbledon, but they wanted to keep him for the season. Hmm. Um, I but thought we fair, fair play to them for sticking to their guns. Well, I I do, but in they've a got way. a good relation. They've got a good relationship with us. You know, we lent we lent them Tyler. Well, they've yeah, of course, yeah. That you know, I wonder whether that might have soured it a little bit. So, yeah, but I expect us that. to good go point. back in. I expect us to go back in for both of those in the summer, um, and the midfield for me. Um, I still think we're a couple short in midfield. But again, will very much depend on what happens with Scott and, you know, others that are out of contract. So, yeah, it will be an interesting summer. Hopefully it will be a summer where we're in the championship um, and, you know, we, we can build again. As as some one of the tweets said, you know, who's to say we um, we don't put on a good run and finish strong? Not saying we get yeah. into the playoffs and, you know, and compete. Obviously, that would be lovely. But um it, it puts us in good stead to to strengthen that way as well people will want to come and play for bristol city absolutely yeah absolutely okay um so we're going into norwich at home next saturday which will be a tough test it's uh the ashton gate eight celebrations uh 41 years on so there won't be a pitch parade but they will be in their seats for people to see on the big screen um at around 250 so please do try and get in your seats for that and then we'll be doing an applause on the eighth minute so that's uh 801 02 04 not not the seventh minute you know because there's that confusion um so please do to try and uh support that i'm sure everyone will so uh yeah we can't forget what those men did for us and and as you said matt in a message that, that six nicer men you couldn't meet because obviously we haven't met jimmy or chris yeah no absolutely but we yeah we've been privileged to meet adam um, yep. Chris's son in yeah, lovely family. Um, but yeah, the 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 rest of the guys. Um, well, I'm, I'm I've been privileged to meet him a number of times. In Patch, you spend most weeks with them and 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 count them as friends now. But they are just top top men. Um, but also their families as well. Their 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 wives, partners, and kids that we've met. Lo- lovely families. So yeah, credit to the club. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Right. Um. So Wednesday, I've got Andy leaning and Martin Scott in a Robins reunited. I've uh, posted a video of some Martin Scott goals. A lot of them penalties in the exact same position, uh, which I'll be speaking to him about. Um. And Andy leaning, who who came on that Jackie Jackanowski pod, uh, a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with with uh, with Andy and Martin. Brilliant. Right, Matt, we'll let you get on because you've got a bit Thank of a journey ahead of you. Um, I have. 
thank you very much, Nigel. As always, it's been great to hear you, and also good luck with the career on Radio Five Live. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, really enjoyed it, and it was nice to come on after such a good, positive performance as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed for the rest of the season. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it, chaps. Well done. Right, up, take care, well everyone. Much. Thanks for listening. See Don't you, boys. To follow us on at three P I A P C, and we'll be back soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Lads. I've been riding low I've been riding fast Gonna take this moment I'm gonna make it last Cause you don't know me Don't be quick to judge Cause I tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Watching that little town slowly disappear